and welcome to another episode of the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Katherine Schifferdecker. And our guest today is uh, Reverend Dr. Carl Jacobson, who is pastor of Lutheran Church of the Good Shepherd in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, and also an Old Testament scholar. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Carl. Thank you. So Good glad to, to have you, you here. Thank you. Uh, this is an, an unusual podcast in that we are all actually in the same room, in the flesh. So are. you Breathing can tell. the same air. That's right. So <laughs> if you see us looking at each other and not the camera, that is why. So uh, we're so happy to have you here. Thank you. Good Carl. to be with you. Uh, our, our first listener question for our podcast today uh, is... Where do we find humor in the Bible? Yeah. Uh, so, and just a reminder to our listeners, if you have a question about the Bible, you are, uh, we encourage you to go to the enterthebible.org uh, website and, and uh, enter your, your question there. So, uh, so here's the issue, Carl, right? Uh, many people think the Bible has no humor. It's yeah. all serious. It's yeah. very, very, yeah. We, this, it is no laughing matter. No laughing matter. It is no yeah. laughing matter. That's right? true. And... Um, I think that's symptomatic of of kind of the way we've tended to treat Scripture in our tradition, um, which is – and you can see it almost every Sunday morning if, if we have a, a – in my congregation, one of our members reading Scripture. Suddenly, they don't sound like themselves anymore. Yeah. That's, yeah, right, right. Uh, I put on my I'm reading God's <laughs> Word voice. Right. Uh-huh. Right, right. And that is a reflection, I think, of the way we tend to approach it, right? Um, mm. And what that does – in my estimation, is it flattens the text, mm-hmm. and we miss a lot of the nuance. Um, and there's actually humor, for sure, all over the place. Yeah. Um, and that, if we can understand where the humor is, recognize it, the text will mean differently for us, mm-hmm. uh, which is critical. So, uh, I, I would say humor is is all over the place in the Old Testament, in the New. Um, and, and one of the things I like to emphasize when talking about humor in, in the scriptures is to say really three things. We can identify what is funny, mm-hmm. what's intended, if, mm-hmm. if we can get to that, what is funny. Uh, we can have a funny take on something in scripture right, sure. where we actually yeah, yeah. bring humor to it. Mm-hmm. And then lastly is to observe how um, when something is funny, when it brings laughter, joy, uh, it changes things. Mm. It, it helps us reshape not just the, our perspective, but I would even go so far as to say it, it reshapes our reality. Mm. Um, that's the power of um, both the surprise of humor mm-hmm. and the surprise of God's intrusion into our world. Yeah. So they're really, yeah, yeah. I think, hand-in-hand hand partners. Yeah. yeah. I'm reminded of the there's – a, there's a book, I think it's from the 1970s by Frederick Buechner called uh, – Telling the truth, the gospel as tragedy, comedy, and fairy tale. Exactly right. And yeah. that middle one, comedy, right, yeah. is is both laughter. I mean, it's certainly about joy. It's about laughter. It's also comedy in the kind of classical sense of the word, where the unexpected, where something so good happens, so unexpected that it we can't help but laugh. Mm. Yeah, and and actually, um, one of the things Rolf and I drew on in our book was from Beekner. Yeah. Who he, I think he was the first to suggest that sometimes the parables of Jesus are probably 
meant to be humorous. Yeah. Which, you know, we would say, wait a minute. Um, Are you even allowed to say that? Right. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, if Beekner did, I feel like I can. Sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. So give us an example for, uh, yeah, of what, humor. What's yeah. funny? So um, I'll use the uh, probably the most famous example of laughter in Scripture, which is Sarah laughing at God's promise. Yes. Right? yes. Um, that we identify that as Sarah's, Sarah's laughter is sort of the key. Yeah. But actually, if you look at the story, there's a bunch of humor in the way that story is told. Yeah. Oh, okay. Genesis 18. Things, yeah, Genesis and this, 18. Genesis 18. Exactly. And just to remind the listeners, this is when uh, Sarah uh, is very old and then is promised that she will have a child. And she's like, what? That's not a thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> Got it. So it, there's, um, I, I think, several things going on in that story that uh, some of it is probably intentional. Mm-hmm. And some of it is um, just sort of strange. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Abraham is sitting in the tent, open tent flap in the door of the tent uh, in the heat of the day. And suddenly you've got these three strangers standing there mm-hmm. um, when nobody in their right mind would be traveling. Sure. And but- Abraham doesn't, in, in the story, doesn't say, oh, how strange that we've got these three men standing here now. He just immediately becomes hospitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, then out of the blue, they say, um, well, where's your wife, Sarah? We've had no introductions. We have no sense that they should know Sarah is anywhere, that yeah. there is a Sarah, yeah. um, especially since Sarah uh, is the only person in Scripture with that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's an unusual name, at least in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, etymologically, it's a strange mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Um, and Abraham doesn't say, well, wait a minute. How, How do, you do you know? know? How do you know? Yeah, he right. just says, oh, she's in the tent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then there's all the exchange, right? There's the promise stuff and Sarah's response. And then suddenly the Lord is there, apparently mm-hmm. having been looking over Abraham's shoulder the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he has something to say about Sarah's laughter. So it's kind of a quirky story in and of itself. Yeah. With um, at least as we would tell stories, uh, it, it's got sort of a strange rhythm to it. I love my favorite part of well, there's a couple parts that I love, but one is uh, uh, the Lord. Well, the Lord says to Abraham, "Why did Sarah laugh?" Uh, but Sarah denied, saying, "I did not laugh, for she was afraid." He said, "Oh yes, you did laugh." <laughs> and I've heard interpretations of that that are like, "Oh, God doesn't want us to laugh," and I'm like, "No, it's the exact opposite, right?" Like I think, of course, everything depends on the tone in which you hear that, right? Oh yes, you did laugh. Yeah. But I hear it as God can take a joke and mm. and God delights or laughs with Sarah at the mm. divine absurdity of a woman in, you know, past menopause having a having an infant in her golden years. Right. right. Yeah. 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 I think that's exactly right. And then so she she says, I did not laugh because she's afraid. Right. And then the Lord says, Oh yes, you did. And then the punchline's coming. You yeah, know, as everybody knows the story that baby's named Isaac, which means laughter. Yeah, right. So right. We're, every time uh, in his youth, right, Sarah turns around and he's broken a, you know, a pot or he's doing something he shouldn't. He's colored it's on the laughter, wall. right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's laughter, right? and yeah. um, I think again, it, it might have been Beekner who, who first suggested, "Can you hear God's laughter hmm. in the background?" Hmm. Um, which I just I love that image. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But there's there's actually more to this, right? Okay. That that's hidden in the language. So um, Sarah laughed to herself, saying, "After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure?" Yeah. And what surprises people is that the word pleasure, we often I think anticipate, oh, pleasure in the birth of my child. Right. That's not what Sarah's talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is about mm-hmm. the process. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is, is the, about the PG-13. Yeah. It's making love. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Sarah goes, this is not like, possible. We're too old for this. It's, <laughs> it, it's done. Yeah. Right? Right. Over. Um, and so, the, yeah, there's there's that little tension in the story that, again, because because of the way Christian, in particular, tradition has held scripture and used it in worship, we can't possibly talk about hear that. that, can yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So that this this is, I think, a key example. Um, and then, you know, there, something really similar happens in in Isaac's story when Isaac and Rebecca are playing the old um, Pazanaroff is my sister trick. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, and then in in that story, the NRSV translation is um, the king sees Isaac fondling right. yes. yeah. Rebecca. Right. Well, the word fondling is from the same root word as Isaac. Mm-hmm. So ah. Yitzhak is Yitzhaking. Yes, Rebecca. Exactly. <laughs> which is a little bit salacious, right? That is salacious. But, I'm this is Genesis 26, I'm by the way. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it, Literally, things get lost in translation. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because um, yeah. you can't say Isaac is Isaacing. Right. It makes right. no sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But there's something sweet about it, too. I mean, it's this. Yeah. It's a beautiful kind of humor. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Revealed in their relationship. Right. So th- this story, Isaac's story, I think is all just full of humor. In yeah, that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I love to just go back briefly to Genesis 18. I love uh, the rabbi's take on that same passage that you were talking about. They, uh, so Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, yeah. shall I have pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. But then the angel or the Lord says, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Well, what's missing there? My husband has one foot in the grave, right? He's as good as dead, right? And so, so the the Lord is like uh, telling a little white lie in order to spare Abraham's feelings, right? Or, or omitting that, omitting that Sarah thinks that he's uh, you know he's as good easy. as dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's much too uh, old. So the rabbis say, so you know, we know from this that it's okay to tell a little white lie <laughs> in order to save someone's, someone's feelings. feelings. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's good. This is, this is a, it was a sin of omission. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not really a white lie. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just one last um, yeah. one last thing on that story. The Because we're talking about humor, and mm-hmm. the key to humor is timing. Or yes. It's one of Correct. them. Yes. This story is all about timing. Um, mm. Sarah and Abraham are saying, Sarah in particular in this part of the story, it's too late. The, right. um, the opportunity for God to make good on God's promise is past. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, and... First, the angels, uh, presumably, right, the, uh, the, the visitors say, um, in due season, mm-hmm. I will return and Sarah will bear a son. Mm-hmm. That phrase, in due season, in Hebrew is um, eight chaya, mm. the time of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Which might mean spring, mm-hmm. but I, I, the play on words is so um, key to the story. Yeah. Right? The time of life has passed. 
That's yeah, right. Don't. Yeah, that, that time of life is over. But no, right? The the punchline here is God's timing is surprising, mm. but it's coming. And yeah. then God, the Lord, says the same thing, that at the right time, in due season, at the time of life. Mm. and There will be life. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful that it, and that funny beautiful. little play on words there. That's lovely. Well, and I, I like how it affirms. Like there is a sense sometimes that, you know, we have to be so stoic. We have to be so pious. We, yeah. we you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but here it's, you know, it really is um, taking joy in, you know, marriage and sex and love and children and, you know, and laughter, the, and, laughter yeah. and some of yeah, the yeah. things that might feel, um, you know, Oh, we, you know, that's inappropriate. We can't laugh about such things. Right. And, and right. indeed, God delights in, you know, in surprises and in our lives and our bodies. Yeah. And that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. And it's, so. and it's transformative. Right? Right, right. right. So as I was saying earlier, um, that when we find humor in things, when things are funny, it can change reality. Mm-hmm. Um, right. By helping us see things differently Correct. and, and yeah, realize yeah, yeah. that um, as yeah. dark as a day might look, when when God is at work, when God is present in those dark times, um, something different is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's go to another example. One of my yeah. favorite books, okay. uh, Jonah, yeah. is full of humor yeah. as well, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, um, – and I know I think that the, this is also in your book, right? I think so. Jonah. Yeah. yeah. We, we deal with it a little bit. So Jonah uh, is, you know, the most successful prophet in the whole Old Testament, right? He preaches this, like, four-word sermon yeah. and five-word sermon, yep. and everybody repents, including the cattle. I could yeah, preach right. a sermon that would make the cattle repent. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, cattle, the cattle of Nineveh wear yeah. sackcloth and ashes right. and bellow out their repentance to God. Yeah. And, Good for that. Yeah. Good job, cows. But 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 Jonah doesn't like it. No, he's In fact, about he's it. really pissed off. Yeah. yeah. Excuse my language. But, yeah, he's really mad. So, so I have I grew up in a in a conservative Lutheran church, and I remember the pastor doing a Bible study on Jonah and reading it as a historical yeah, sure. tale, right? Yep, sure. And and just t- completely missing the the humor and the exaggeration in this story. Are you so, saying that Jonah did not get swallowed by a big fish? Well, I will leave that up to the reader to listen <laughs> to the side, but. There's just – there's a lot of uh, hyperbole. There's a lot yeah. of exaggeration yeah. in right. the book of Jonah, right? Yeah, everything's, everything's big. big. Yeah. yeah, the big fish, the yeah. big storm. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But go ahead. And, <laughs> Carl, and so yeah. when it comes Jonah. to Jonah, you know, the the ending is also – it's the one place where that, that descriptive sort of confessional formula, um, slow to anger – yeah. Abounding in steadfast love. Yeah. Jonah is the only one in scripture who uses that as an accusation. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, how dare this you? This is why I didn't want to do this, because I know what kind of God you are. And if I preach to them, they'll repent and you'll forgive them. And is there anything worse than a Ninevite? Right. So Jonah's <laughs> yeah, it's positive like, description yeah. When is the an people attack. you don't like are right on the internet, right? You're like, this person I disagree with and on everything, and yet they've said something true. Is there anything more annoying than that? Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so Jonah... Um, finally, uh, and I'm sure this is obvious, but, and many people have made this observation, but Jonah and Jonah's message are not for the Ninevites. This is for the people of Israel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To say, you know, forgiveness belongs to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, or is maybe we should say and is godly. Yeah. Um, and so holding on to this deep anger for the people of Nineveh is not what God wants for us. And we get trapped. Like so a good joke will catch you by surprise. Right. Mm-hmm. This story, yeah. you know, you're sympathetic to Jonah and Suddenly, you realize, oh, wait a minute. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's kind <laughs> of a jerk. This is me. Right. I'm the problem. I'm the problem. <laughs> the problem is yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I love I love in Jonah too that the the uh, well the Ninevites and the you know the pagan sailors and the and the animals and plants are more responsive to God than Jonah the Israelite. Mm-hmm. Probably, That's right. right? Yeah. So God. God appoints a worm, and God appoints a bush, and God appoints a sultry east wind, and, and you know, and previously God appoints the, the 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 big fish to swallow Jonah, and all of these things respond to God's command. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I I led a Bible study once for college students, and we we were going to make sh- on Jonah, and we were going to make shirts that said God appointed a worm. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a great. That's nice. That's that is great. great uh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyway. Well, and you know the. Th- when I've used Jonah, especially with um, like youth group stuff, uh-huh. yeah. Um, another example of how we we tend to tame what Scripture actually says. Mm. The Lord speaks to the fish, and it spewed Jonah out. No, it <laughs> vomits Vomit. him out. Right? <laughs> this fish so cannot stand he, the taste he, of Jonah. Right? The fish is sick <laughs> of him. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep. Even the fish literally is sick of him. Sick of him. Yeah. That's great. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. yeah, vomits him out. That is amazing. Uh, we should probably look at the New Testament too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, give us an example. For yeah, I'm curious. You said yeah. the parables are supposed to be funny. Is there a parable in particular? Well, um, let's see if I can pull up the right one here. Um, I I just get confused by the parables. Well, it, before a parable, sure. uh, let's start with Luke seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke 7, starting in verse 36, where the Pharisee invites Jesus to eat with him. He goes to the Pharisee's house, and there's the sinful woman Mm. uh who washes his feet. Um, And so the way the story gets told, uh, I'll start in verse 39. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet— he would have known who and what kind of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. And Jesus reads his mind mm-hmm. and says, um, <laughs> revealing uh, he is a prophet and he knows exactly what's going on. He has a far better idea than the Pharisee. Mm-hmm. And so we, we might not automatically think of that as funny, but it's it's this, again, this surprise, a revelation that catches us sort of off guard. And I actually do find it very funny that, <laughs> that he just, in a moment, Jesus then speaks up and says, um, no, I know, I know exactly what's going on here. So, yeah, I down. have something to say to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's good. That's good. Um, so in terms of parables, well, just as an example mm-hmm. um, of the ridiculous communicating the sublime, right? There's the the parable of the woman and the lost coin. Yes. Um, and, she, you know, tears the house apart to find this lost coin and finding it throws a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she's going to spend the lost right, coin right. on the party. Many, many multiples yeah. of the lost yeah. coin on the party. Yeah. So, yeah, that that whole idea 
that this is this is how God works mm-hmm. in a ridiculous, unexpected, surprising way. Mm-hmm. Um, another example might be what probably the most famous parable. Where, where is their humor in the story of the prodigal son? Uh, in part, it's in the brother mm-hmm. right, who's just disgusted by this whole thing mm-hmm. and um, reacts. Pretty childishly, right? Yeah, and, right. Uh, his brother right. returns, and he's thrown back to probably this is how it always was, right? Mm-hmm. His parents were always preferring yeah. the younger brother, which, mm-hmm. of course, Scripture always does because it's God's word. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> as the younger brother, yeah, being the younger, younger, yes, Carl is the youngest. I got you. So, um, yeah, the, the tension in that story um, and the release that comes with it, and the fact that the older brother never quite gets. The joke. He he yeah. never understands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least as I recall the story, it, I don't have it in front of me at the moment. But there's no resolution for him. No, no. And so we're invited into that tension. Yeah, right. kind of like Jonah at the end of Jonah. Right? Yeah, yeah. How are you going to respond? Right, right. exactly. To, to, yeah. to God's grace, r- ridiculously extravagant grace. Yeah. Uh, how are you going to respond yeah. to that? Yeah. Another example, um, not from the parables, but um, from Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, I, I don't know if folks would have recognized this necessarily, but in uh, in Corinthians 15, the, the First famous— First Corinthians. First Corinthians, mm-hmm. First Corinthians 15. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we hear this at funerals all the time. Yep. Uh, when this perishable body puts on imperishability and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Hmm. Paul's quoting from Hosea, and his quotation is incomplete. Hmm. In Hosea, God continues and essentially says, um, and you're not going to get relief from either. Mm. This right. in Hosea, it's judgment. It's a, it's a judgment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Paul takes that and twists it. Mm. Uh, and if, and again, we, we don't know for sure, but if Paul's audience is at all familiar with Scripture, and perhaps they know Hosea and they know what's coming, and then suddenly, Paul says, "The sting of death is sin; the power of sin is the law." But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You expect one thing, mm-hmm. and Paul flips it on its head, which mm-hmm. is precisely what the gospel does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, I don't know that that we can read that humorously, but understanding how humor works and um, the comic intrusion mm-hmm. right. can help us see the theological intrusion yeah. that's happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The unexpected, the, the, the almost too good to believe. Right. Exactly. Unexpected. Yeah. Kind of absurd. Of the, the absurdity of it. Yeah. Almost. Like, in, in really? The best this sense is, of that word. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 Huh. Well, lots to think about and lots more we could talk about. But I love that that take on uh, on scripture that, uh, in fact, God invented laughter and humor huh. and joy yeah. and that and that the gospel that we should be uh Laughing in 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 the sense of of uh, uh, this kind of news that is almost too good to believe, but is true, right. and so we uh, we can't help but be joyful and laugh at that. So, so thank yeah. you, Carl. Oh, awesome. uh, well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. the Amazing. invitation. Thank Amazing. you for bringing that uh, 
that uh, that insight to us. And again, uh, uh, Carl's book is Divine Laughter, Preaching and the Serious Business of Humor. So we uh, uh, recommend that you go out and get it. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Enter the Bible podcast. Get high-quality courses and commentaries, resources, videos, and more reflections at enterthebible.org. Thanks for joining us.